Oh, yeah. we're recording. <laughs> Hi. Um. You know, you don't always have to say something funny or intelligent on a podcast. That's what I find. I find that I'm like Mrs. Peacock uh, from Clue, where, in fact, she is fearful of the silence, especially when she knows she doesn't have proper edits anymore. Uh, what? <laughs> I Well, I haven't seen Clue. Oh. Well, I've seen Clue, I think. I think I've seen it all the way through clue well you've seen parts of it that if you connected them and stitched them together you would have seen it through maybe i don't know but i can't like i can't remember all the parts of the movie so i think i may have missed things we'll watch it again because i i do think that that is one that you will just revel in the luxury of. well especially now that i have a love of tim curry who doesn't um somebody out there probably hates him well maybe his mother you know dita von tees has a a saying that who Dita Von Tees. Who's that? She is a very famous burlesque star. She's like the ah. most famous burlesque person alive. Sure. Welcome to Rose Tinted Reels, by the way. I'm Zach. I'm Allison. What were you saying? So uh, Dita Von Tees has a saying that you can be the juiciest, ripest, best peach out there, mm. but there's just some people who don't like peaches. Uh, that's true. Now, was that a metaphor for sexuality? No, uh, just more. It really ab- sounded like it. about people liking you. I don't know. I feel like she was leaning into the sexuality interpretation. She is a very, uh, as a burlesque person, t- attuned, a burlesque person <laughs> attuned to her sexuality. So. Sure, yeah. So it could be. It, I think it's a metaphor for owning oneself. So uh, today is our second movie in our. Horror season. Yes, the spooky season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, you know, many wolf howls and vampire fangs to you. But today, uh, what movie are we covering? Oh, it looks like we're going to be doing Evil Dead 2, which is interesting. It is. It's one of our user nominated. User nominated? Is that the right word? Fan fan voted? Yeah, they're not users. I guess they use our face place, Mm -hmm. the RTR community face place. Yep. But uh, yeah, so they suggested that we do this movie, and I thought it was interesting because I think this is the first time we've covered a sequel before doing the one before. (laughs) But uh, that's that's good. Okay, fine. All right, I'm comfortable with that now. So uh, you know, this is Act One: Rose Garden Address. News? Do you have news? Um. Well, first, I would like to start with a disclaimer. This movie has blood in it. More, uh, I am prepared to receive your hatred. Oh. You, the listener. Oh. Um, because while you really wanted us to cover this film, I have to say of the Evil Dead trilogy, mm-hmm. not my favorite. That seems to be a very controversial uh, position. I think that everybody seems to be universally in agreement that this is the best of the Evil Dead trilogy. And to me, it, Army of Darkness just delighted me in a different way. Um, so I'm not saying that it's bad. I'm just saying that... You hate it. No, it's just... Uh, severely dislike it. I don't love it as much as the third. Um, this and, is politician, Allison? And the the first one is such a departure from what two... It, it, so two just really leaned into the zaniness. And then three, it was just like, okay, whatever. People like it. Let's do whatever. 
Uh, and so wait, but you liked that about the third one. The third one, it made more sense to me. Like it, there was more dialogue, less just reactions. Uh, well, I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was like zero dialogue in this movie. Yeah. Uh, you'll notice that uh, normally I am just laden with timestamps. And this one, it's like basically anytime they're actually talking and not just screaming and flailing, I have a timestamp because I'm we like, may have I have to stamp it. <laughs> all of our timestamps may overlap because I think that was kind of the uh, way I was doing it too. Yeah. I think I did maybe get a couple timestamps where they weren't talking. It was just kind of an interesting scene. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, primarily it was just the dialogue scenes, of which there were three. <laughs> really, though. So um, as far as other news, you know, I'm really enjoying the cooler weather that we're getting here in Maryland, which I'm really excited so we can finally watch Ratatouille and eat Ratatouille. But uh, not on the mic. Wow, you're getting ahead of yourself, though. Isn't that a... I, I, I thought you wanted that for... Well, I don't know why I thought this, but wasn't that supposed to be a Christmas movie or just wintry? Winter. Uh, sometime during winter uh, would be ideal. Like maybe It may even work good for Thanksgiving because it involves feasting and food. Well, the way that our planet is cooling, winter doesn't start until February. Also true. So all I know is that when it gets nice and chilly, it'll be a nice warm dish to soothe our souls. <gasps> why is that a winter movie? I and mean, obviously, the only thing I know about it is rat and food. So it isn't a winter movie per se. Okay. It's just I like to eat ratatouille when it's cold outside because okay. it warms the cockles of my heart. The cockles, you say? Mm -hmm. Right in the cockles. How many cockles do you think you have? At least three. You think you've got three whole cockles? Yeah, how about you? Oh, I've got a dozen at least. Oh. Got a lot of cockles. Maybe I need to work on my uh, my cockle growing. You grow your own cockles? Well, how did you get your dozen? I mean, I, you may, you know, look down on a person that gets store-bought cockles, but, you know, I, I don't grow my own cockles. No, that's that takes up so much of your time to grow your own cockles. Where do you buy a cockle? Well, you can, you know, for a fancy person like you, you can go to Trader Joe's. You can go to, you know, Trader Whole Joe's Foods. Trader Joe's isn't fancy. Whole Foods is fancy. Trader Joe's is kind of fancy. It puts on the everyman kind of facade, but it's got all the organic stuff and all that. You can get the good brands there. Two buck chuck. Nothing fancy about two buck chuck. Well, they might also have two buck chuck, but uh, <laughs> but uh, what you're missing the point is what I'm saying. I, yeah, I you may go to the Whole Foods of the world or the what, what's the other one? Uh, Harry Teets. Harris Teeter. Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's that one. There's another one. Wegmans. Wegmans. There you go. Uh, Wegmans has the best cheese counter. Yes, they do. I agree with you. I get cheese there whenever I go. Uh. Uh, anyway, but you can get, you can get your cockles there. I get my cockles at Safeway. You know, they're discount. You can get a bundle of them at, uh, all at once for a Sa discount price. See, Safeway cockles are still the moderate range. If mm -hmm. you really want to get the bargain cockles, you got to go to Food Lion. Well, look, I'm I'm kind of giving you a little bit of shtick here because you shop at the finer places. I don't want to shop in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> I go to Safeway because I want to save a bit of money, but also have a fine product. You're a moderate cockle. Yeah, I like the cockles. To, I like them to function. I don't like them to be totally unhealthy, but I'm not paying over the odds for some cockles. Well, I'm glad we sorted this. All right. So, uh, you know, do you have any more news? Oh, yeah. Just, Was that news? I, I, well... <laughs> Yeah. I think you just said it was getting colder. Yeah, I'm enjoying the cooler weather. That's my news. And um, uh, you and I actually have some shared news where yeah. we've been hitting up some of the local haunts in the D.C., V.A., P.A., Delaware area. Uh, yes, you're right about that. I agree with you. That we've been hitting up haunts. I'm glad you agree. I have photographs. Yep. No, I was there for it. I can vouch <laughs> that it happened. You're going to make people look to see, was he superimposed? He might have been. He might have been. I don't know who th this Zach you're talking about is, but I'm sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> it 
Really, she was recording the podcast alone the whole time. <laughs> You're a really good voice actor in reality. <laughs> You've put on the Zach voice this whole time. I know it's so good, right? And it's so much effort because when you hear us talking over each other, as we often do, or laughing together, that's you recording two tracks. Yeah, it's I, my ventriloquism is just beyond measure. It's off the charts, I tell you what. Yeah, and uh, I can achieve a natural falsetto, apparently. Uh, nat- uh, wait, so your your voice is the natural falsetto or mine is? So you would be the falsetto to my natural register because what? I'm you. But the falsetto is higher pitch, I thought. I thought it could go either way. Can it? I don't know. Well, I don't know either. I thought I knew, but you've put doubt in my heart. Music friends, let us know. Sound people. Sound people. People who know things about noise. People of sound mind. All right. So, <laughs> Evil Dead 2. What's your news? <laughs> uh, uh, Did I make you forget? I don't even know if I had news. How's your game? From the last recording, not really much of a change. I'm uh, I'm filling in the the gaps of content until it's a completed like experience. It's still going to be bare bones as far as like artwork is concerned, but uh, pretty soon it will be a full playable game. And uh, I'm excited about that. So, you know, when it becomes fully playable, I'm going to start sending out codes to people so they can play with me and we can start testing and balancing and it's going to be a whole thing. Well, I want one of those codes. Well, we'll see. Okay. Uh, so community feedback. Uh, do we have any community feedback right now? Huh? 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 Do we have any five star reviews? Huh? We have a five star review. Yay. We have a celebration. Oh, I was doing a, the, the howling of the moon. Oh, a woo. A all right, so we're celebrating the howling. And uh, all right, so we have a five-star review. That's pleasant and fine and dandy. Uh, would you mind reading it for us? Tell us all about it. Absolutely. So uh, the user is pecan88 or pecan. Do you say pecan or pecan? You just said pecan. the same thing twice. Pecan or pecan. I think I, I say pecan. I say pecan as well. I think we're better than other people that say it differently. Well, pecan sounds like pecan. What? Like, like a, what <laughs> on earth just happened to you? You said the same thing twice again and then no. made a face on the second one. No, it, I, there was a pause between the P and the can. So you oh, so you're saying that it sounds like someone is saying P E E space C A N. Yeah. And that sounds disturbing to you in some way? It sounds yucky. Like you're peeing in a can? Yeah. Okay. Like, like you had a car emergency and all you had with you was a can. With a can. That didn't come to mind. <laughs> so, uh, you, you know what? I, uh, I, can't, I can't really follow you down that rabbit hole. But I will say that I think that we're better than people who say it the other way. So, sure. So, so Pecan88 says, <laughs> uh, the subject is uh, like watching with friends. And the message reads just... Wait, wait, he's saying that he likes to watch with... I'm also imposing a gender on this person. But I'm going to stick with it. He says that uh, he likes to watch things with friends or he likes... It's like watching with friends. Our podcast is like watching a movie with friends. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting perspective. That should be our tagline. Continue. Uh, Just discovered this podcast and listened to an episode of one of my all-time favorite movies first. I enjoyed quote-unquote, watching the movie with the host and hearing their commentary in puns. Do they they do like they my puns. Oh, I, I, I thought... The, I, no, well, I'm not sucking anything. And uh, I, was the ha in the review or did you in, inject the ha? 
I was just happy that they liked the puns. Well, they might just be humoring you. Possible. But uh, <laughs> I think that if you're going to come out of the review, you need to do a different voice okay. so that we're not confused by what's the review and what's not. Gotcha. Uh, commentary in puns while knowing the scenes and the context of the jokes. I felt like I was part of the conversation and bonus points for learning facts behind the film. We'll continue listening. Exclamation. Well, how very sweet of this person, who yes. I've established as a man, and I have no idea if that's true. Well. Sounds like a man. But, uh... <laughs> Please explain. I can't. <laughs> but I will say that they didn't say which of their, the, the movies was their favorite, and I'm upset by that. They've left me in suspense, and I can't sleep now. I have a theory. An ethereal theory? I have a, I have a theory that this may be one of our friends from the Dark and Devious podcast. Why? Just because it happened to come uh, at a time where I connected with the Dark and Devious friends. So ah, so this coincidence would be too crazy if it were not one of those people. It, I mean, I just, that that's my running theory. They can let us know. Mm, mm. <laughs> so uh, that's very <laughs> fine of you. Thank you for leaving that five-star review. I love you. So uh, <laughs> do we have anything else? Any other community feedback? So we've been having some good discussions, as usual, on our um, RTR community face place. Um, mm, well pirated. We've also been uh, more active on our Instagram and getting uh, a lot of new likes and new friends through hashtagging. Well, you're the hashtag master. I, I am but a student who sits at the lap at the, at the, at the podium. What does an apprentice sit at? Some sort of cushion? I sit at the cushion of the world's greatest hashtag master. And I can only attempt to have interesting hashtags like yours. You'll figure it out. Thank you. Because I'm I'm guessing. You're guessing? I'm guessing. Don't 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 say that. <laughs> you can't say that. I've just built you up to be the master of hashtags. You need to have confidence. You're like, yes, I finally craft these hashtags. I'm confident that I'm guessing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that works. All right, so uh, Inside the Real is Act 2, and that's where we're headed right now. Yeah. Unless you've got something really important. No, let's get into the synopsis. All right, so the synopsis, what, pray tell, would you say is the real synopsis for Evil Dead 2? The lone survivor of an onslaught of flesh-possessing spirits holds up in a cabin with a group of strangers while demons continue their attack. You know, I didn't see this movie, or I didn't think of this movie in my head as being something that would have been somewhat seminal to a genre. Mm -hmm. But would you say that this is uh, a movie that was kind of seminal to the horror genre in one way or another? Or maybe not this one, but perhaps the first one, which was in, what, 81? I would say the first one, um, probably more so. Uh, it. it it lends itself to camp horror or kind mm -hmm. of comedy horror. Mm -hmm. um, so I would say the first one opened the door for more zany and then second just really leaned into it. Cheer, cheer. So what is your bad synopsis? My bad synopsis was, I, I don't know why I, what got a hold of me, but I wrote a poem. Oh, let's go. So my poem is, is thus. There once was a time when I knew how to rhyme. Using words I could barely define. But now I'm in awe with my hand as a saw. I can't read, but at least I ain't dying. <laughs> that was beautiful. Thank you. Uh, my bad one was much less prolific. 
a movie showcasing how to act using only reactions. Yes, indeed. <laughs> it was so weird. I was thinking the whole time, I was like, did they film this thinking it was going to be a silent movie? Like they couldn't afford audio or something? What the hell? <laughs> Uh, anyway. All right. So trivia time. All right. Okay. Let's see who's got the best trivia. It's going to be me probably, or maybe you perhaps. Perhaps. Well, we'll see at the end of this, won't we? I guess so. All right. Fine. Uh, would you like me to go first? If you would like to. You seem excited. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> often considered to be a remake of The Evil Dead, 1981. <laughs> uh, however, this is not accurate. <laughs> Can you believe people thought that? The rights to show scenes from the original could not be obtained to recap what happened at the yeah, beginning aggied. of the movie. Yeah, haggied me hard. So the beginning was remade to explain how Ash got to the cabin, etc., etc. So uh, I will tag on to yours, if you will allow me. Do go on. So Bruce Campbell um, acknowledges that there's a bidet, uh, debate. A bidet. <laughs> a debate. <laughs> a debate between the fans yeah. if this is really a sequel or a reboot and he says the answer is both it is a requill as he calls it he says that um to really make the first film and the second film connect in the same world you have to sync it up at the end of the first part you see um the evil approaching ash who is leaving the cabin um, and then you want to cut off the first part of Evil Dead 2 and just start it after he's lifted into the air and dragged towards the trees. Only by doing it that way would it make 100% sense that they go together. You know, uh, there is a credit at the end of the movie that says that this is the sequel to the most gruesome, horrible horror, something or other, The Evil Dead. Mm -hmm. So this movie even claims that it's the sequel. It, it's a loose sequel because it doesn't, like, the, the first 10 minutes, as you indicated, uh, is recapping, but they had to use a whole new set of actors for the Got recap. Got a whole new set of actors. For the recap. They tried to do the best they could to make it a continuation, but even in the first 10 minutes, it's no longer a true continuation because it didn't have anybody that was the same except for Bruce. Well, there you have it. Rosebud, the supposed film production company that made this movie, was not a real institution. The producer, Dino Di Laurentiis, was forbidden to release an unrated movie through his own company, so Rosebud was created specially for the purposes of releasing Evil Dead 2. Uh, Stephen King was such a big fan of the first film that he went out of his way to make sure that Evil Dead 2 had funding. He took time out of um, his filming schedule to actually take out Dino De Laurentiis um, to a dinner and just talked it up so much that uh, Dino ended up producing the film. So the recap of the first Evil Dead includes a shot where the evil force runs through the cabin and rams into Ash. When this shot was filmed, Bruce Campbell suffered a broken jaw when Sam Raimi, who was operating the camera, crashed into him with a bicycle. Oops. Or so people were led to believe. We were bamboozled? Apparently, this story was concocted by Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell as a gag to see how many people would actually believe this happened. Hmm. And apparently it did not. Interesting. So I've just bursted the bubbles of uh, longtime fans of this who believed this rumor. How dare you burst the bubble of the believers. Shame. Shame. Ding-a-ling-ling. -ling. <laughs> 
<laughs> it would have been a different scene <laughs> if the bell had sounded that way. Ding a ling ling. If it had been a cowbell. <laughs> Needs more cowbell. Yes, that's Christopher Walken just walking. <laughs> <laughs> he was a pedestrian in King's Landing. <laughs> Needs more cowbell. I am offended that you're talking about the scene and you haven't even probably seen it. I've seen the scene, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen the show. Or the befores or afters of that scene. No. So, did you know that our good friend Kurt Russell is apparently a big fan of the franchise? Um, oh, yes. He worked with Bruce Campbell um, on Escape from L.A., and the first exchange that the actors had was Kurt Russell forcing Campbell to say, Workshed, which is uh, a little nod to a clip in the film where Bruce Campbell is wrestling with the head of his girlfriend, and she's biting his hand after being decapitated, and he... They superimpose workshed, even though the actor didn't say it during the wrestling scene. And it just didn't really make sense. But now it's become kind of like a cult favorite thing. Well, so my perception of all the audio, first of all, yeah, that was he says that line, which he didn't say on the day because it probably wasn't written in the script, Mm -hmm. which I just think is hilarious that one of the very few lines in this movie wasn't actually intended to be there originally. <laughs> they added it later. And it doesn't really add anything. No. But yes, I did. I, I read that and I think that's fascinating. But all the audio seemed to have been dubbed because most of the film was shot on a set built inside of a gymnasium, which is actually a classroom that was repurposed into a gymnasium of the J.R. Faison Junior High School in Wadesboro, North Carolina. So I'm guessing that the audio was just you terrible. You full on just agatha mine. <laughs> You uh, aggied me. You aggied me hard. That was, that was not an Agatha. I didn't know it was coming. I don't know. You were looking at my notes. Was not. <laughs> I was looking at you and then I looked over at my own. No, no, no. Earlier today, I saw you in my notes. Uh, I didn't read any of your notes. I was just restructuring some things. Mm. <laughs> um, it's true. Yeah, so I'm guessing the audio was just bad because they were in a gymnasium. Excellent, excellent. Probably echoey. So there you have it. There All it. dubbed ADR. Sam and Ted Raimi appear in the film as knights in the end um, that lead into the Army of Darkness franchise. So The smoke that comes from the chainsaw is actually tobacco smoke. <gasps> Sam Raimi was a smoker. How dare. Rigged tubing to the back of the chainsaw, and it was hidden off camera, and he blew cigarette smoke through it to create the effect of the chainsaw being on and smoking. And stinky. And it was smoking. <laughs> Um, there is a hidden Freddy Krueger glove in the tool shed above the door. Uh, so when you see him exit uh, through the door during the Linda fight, you can see the Freddy Krueger glove above the door. There are many continuity errors in this movie, as with any movie. When Ash is thrown into the cellar, he breaks a few steps on the way down and then later goes to retrieve the pages of the Necronomicon and every step is intact. Uh, another one, after Ash finds that the bridge has fallen and tries to speed off in reverse away from the spirits, the spirit point of view moves over the fully intact bridge, which I didn't notice actually on first viewing. I only found out about reading about it later. But as we watch this time, I think we should pay attention because that's that's a silly mistake. Yeah. And, and I'd be curious to see because I don't I don't remember that either. Yeah. Evil Dead 2 had to use five different shades of blood to avoid an X rating, uh, similar to Scorsese using the hyperpigmented blood in Taxi Driver. Although they didn't avoid it. Well, it came yeah. out unrated because they couldn't get an R rating. Yeah, but the the attempt was if they hyper uh, hyperpigmented the um, the blood, then it wouldn't look bloody enough to 
warrant yeah. the violence. So. Which I guess makes this movie kind of a trailblazer because it was awful enough in some way that it, they couldn't get a real rating. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seems so tame. It doesn't seem that bad. Yeah. It, like whenever someone's getting totally mutilated, like him chainsawing the lady's head, it's showing the, the shadow. It doesn't really show all that much. And it, the, the, the gore and the violence that are there seem very fake comparatively to the first one. Yeah. And well, the, the, you know, whenever it's some like a demonic thing, it's always pretty tame. You don't see too many crazy things. It's not like exorcist level. Um, and the blood and gore is really just like someone getting stabbed and you see a bit of blood around the wound. And then you see like oceans of blood come out of openings in like the, 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 the floor and yeah. the, the, the wall and stuff like that, but not coming out of a body. It's super tame. And I will say that um, something else that they did is you'll notice every time he gets drenched or anyone gets drenched in the next scene, they're cleaned up and they'll have like a scar or blood or something on them, but it's not drenched. Yeah. Uh, The rat scene on the stairs over Bruce Campbell's shoulder while he's locked in the cellar was nicknamed Senor Cajones by the crew. I like it. Carry on. (laughs) Um, apparently the blood that they did use was made of a mixture of syrup and other particulates that are common with artificial blood. But what ended up happening is his shirt got soaked so many times he put it next to a fire to dry off one night. Why? <laughs> to, but the, the sticky syrup, basically it hardened the shirt. So when he went to put it on, it shattered. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Um, well, yeah, apparently he was also the largest fly magnet in the neighborhood where he lived because even after he showered and everything, he still had the syrupy stuff like in his skin and was attracting all the flies from everywhere. That's kind of hilarious. (laughs) Uh, and people also didn't want to give him a ride home because they didn't want it to get in their cars. I don't blame him. Yeah. So he had to keep riding in the back of people's trucks. Hey, he suffered for his art. He did. You know? He absolutely did. So the sounds of the evil traveling through the forest were a combination of Sam Raimi's voice and audio samples of Orson Welles, which technically makes this film the last time Orson Welles appeared in cinema. Oh, that's interesting. Which, yeah, very interesting. Huh. It's historic. And that's another nod to Rosebud. There you have it. There it is. Wasn't Rosebud from that movie? Citizen Kane. Citizen Kane that's not very good. It's it's not that it's not very good, but... I haven't seen it for yeah. any new listeners. It's one that we are going to watch, and that's one where we're going to invite our friend Matter of Facts back so he can defend it, because I can't. Oh, yeah. I think I seem to remember us talking to him about it, and he did defend it a little bit. I'm fully uh, prepared to go into it and dislike it. That's yeah. just what I'm expecting. I don't want to dislike it necessarily, but I'm expecting it to be bad. See, as a person who loves film, I can appreciate all the things that it did as a, you know, groundbreaking film. However, watching it with my modern perspective, it's just a little boring. Yeah. Um, People have gotten, like genuinely, people have gotten better overall at making films. mm -hmm. Like at telling a story through a visual medium. Uh, Pacing has gotten better. And now that's not to say that all, you know, modern movies are going to be better than you know, older movies. Uh, and there are certainly some things, some elements that I like from older movies that I prefer over newer movies, but generally storytelling has just gotten better on movies as time has gone. So, um, speaking of movies getting better, 
Um, one of the things that I will say, you know, you can tell definitely is the introduction of new technology, which reminds me of, um, uh, there was a clip that I found of Siskel and Ebert actually reviewing the film mm-hmm. where they were debating whether or not the technology helped or hindered the film. Uh, and I was hoping we could cue that up and maybe listen to it because it's a short clip, but it's it's kind of interesting to hear them debate about whether or not they liked it. The sequel to a surprisingly popular low-budget horror hit. Director Sam Raimi has filled this film with dozens of wild creatures in the old, old story of somebody opening the Book of the Dead and thus letting out evil spirits. Now, you know, you can really learn valuable things from the movies. This is one of the parts that Roger and I really like about being a film critic. If you ever see a book on a table with the title, Book of the Dead, (laughs) don't open it. Just walk on by, as Dionne Warwick said. Unfortunately, this group of people opened the book. You know, I know we're not reviewing the movie yet. We're not in movie at all. Mm -hmm. But uh, that scene where he starts to put on his chainsaw on his hand, Mm -hmm. that seemed to me to be the style that uh, Simon Pegg's director. Oh. uh, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost, you know, all their movies directed mm -hmm. by the same guy, Baby Driver. Always forget that dude's name. Really good director. But it seemed like he got all of his style. He just stole from this. It's possible. Like, like the, the quick cuts and the sounds and like it's that kind of montage like we're preparing for something. Like you'll see it in hot fuzz all over the place and used to good effect. And I'm not saying he doesn't do a good job. And I'm also not saying that artists shouldn't steal from other artists. Um, but it was just interesting that this seemed to be exactly where he got his style. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Edgar Wright. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, part of that could be he's not a very old actor or I'm uh, sorry, director. Edgar Wright, no. Yeah, and so he was probably influenced by this film growing up. Like, yeah, yeah. And, you know, working with Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, you have to have some element of nerdiness, and the Evil Dead franchise is certainly beloved by nerds. Well, and their first big movie was Shaun of the, Shaun Dead. Of the Dead, yeah, yeah, which was a zombie movie, which clearly they like horror movies and yeah. genre movies. I like that creature and some of the intentionally stupid dialogue at the beginning of this picture. But eventually, I'd say after about 30 minutes, this film really wore out its welcome with more creatures than human characters. This is a case, I think, of a film that is a lot of frosting and very little cake. It ran out before the end. There was not enough inspiration to go for the whole time, but I really liked what did work, enough that I would recommend the movie. What the director here, Sam Raimi, is doing is satirizing all kinds of movie genres. The basic movies that he's satirizing in this movie are the Three Stooges movies. For example, the scene where the hand gets cut off and it keeps hitting the guy on his head and he has to put it down. And other scenes like that. Then there is a, satirizing a takeoff on that? Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. The scene that we just saw, the ballet dance, where she lets her head roll down her arm and puts it back on again, that's Fred Astaire. And yeah, there whoa, are whoa. seven or eight a, a takeoff on Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. What was a takeoff And on it keeps taxi hitting driver. the guy on his head and he has to put it down. And other scenes like that. Then there is a, a takeoff on Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. The scene that we just saw, the ballet dance, where she <laughs> He's not going to go into that one. Arm, puts it back on again. That's Fred Astaire. <laughs> and there are seven or eight other movie references in this film. It's not just a horror film. Yeah. It's very clever and very funny. Yeah, but it did run out for me. I got tired. I wanted something more than a little, you know, those are like seven little clips mm-hmm. strung together. Mm-hmm. And I would like a film that had a continuing story because, again, this film just has nothing to really say except the technology. I thought it was more technology than story. Well, So I think that his problem that I don't know if he's identified in his own head, I think the problem was the lack of dialogue. Because mm-hmm. there was a story, there was a plot, and I think it was fine. I mean, we're kind of getting into like the end of this whole process. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
the main problem was the lack of dialogue. It didn't feel like there was a story because we weren't being engaged by it with the characters. Mm-hmm. Well, it was trying to be a bunch of comic one-liners, and it, it la- is. for and me, it, it lasted for the first hour. Okay. It lasted for the first hour. And also, you wanted a movie you thought would be more interesting. If you could have seen what she had for lunch in this movie, you get to see what he has for lunch. <laughs> okay. I liked their bickering. Like <laughs> They seem to generally agree. The guy on the, the right seemed to be giving it a little bit of credit for being clever. And the other guy was saying that he didn't, he didn't really care. It. Yeah. But it, it, well, he was saying that I guess that he acknowledged the cleverness. It just wasn't enough. So with that being said, uh, are you ready to get into act three? Are you brave enough? Uh, nope. Because it's quiz time. Uh-oh. Rutro Ruby. Are you prepared? As I'll ever be. I don't think I'm going to do very well. Well, we'll see. We'll see. We thought that you wouldn't do well on several of the ones in the past, and you've done extraordinarily well, so don't sell yourself short. Question number one. What is the name of the possessed woman in the fruit cellar? Uh, Henrietta. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, you're correct. Ah, number you two. My, mind, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I blew your mind? Yep. I didn't know what to think. All right. Uh, Question number two. What is the name of the redneck character's wife? Question again. What is the name of the redneck character's wife? Is it Betty Ann? I don't know why you're asking me. I'm asking you. Betty Ann? Is that still a question? It's a non-confident response. (laughs) Okay. Is that your final non-confident response? Yes. Uh, it is not Betty Ann. It is, in fact, Bobby Joe. Ah, uh, I was close. Bobby Joe. Well, <laughs> there were two names, but other than that, not really. Um, One started with a B. Uh, question number three. What book is on the top of the bucket that Ash puts on top of the severed hand? Farewell to Arms. Is that your final yes. correct answer? Yeah. Uh, yep, 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 yep. Give yourself a point. Keep track of your points. Question number four. What year is our ash transported to through the time portal? 500 BC. Final answer? Yes. It's wrong, but that's my final answer. Well, you're right. That you're wrong. Yeah, I was like... (laughs) It is 1300 AD. AD? Who is that? Yes, it's 13 AD, unfortunately. Yeah, they had Knights of the Templars style armor on and stuff like that. Had to be after Christ. And I guess so. Yeah, I just, I didn't know. So I threw out a number. Yeah. Good old Christ. He was born at zero o'clock. Mm-hmm. Very convenient. Very convenient. Yes, yes, yes. Every, can you imagine everybody else that were like, what year is it? Three. What year is it now? Two. What year is it now? One. God, what's going to happen? <laughs> it's a countdown. A final countdown. <laughs> to what? What's happening? <laughs> and everybody was counting down. Nobody knew why. And then Jeezy was born. I'm like, oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Roger that. Uh, all right. Question number five. What item from another iconic horror movie can be seen? Go on. The Freddy Krueger Club? Is that your final answer? Yes. Yes. Give yourself another point. Question number six. Which hand did Ash cut off? I'm afraid there's a time limit. Left? Five, four, I three, said left. two, one. Left is the only answer I'll accept from you now. And I'm afraid it's not right. By so- which I mean that it is right. <laughs> By which I mean that it was his right hand. And you are wrong. Thank you. <laughs> Good God, we got there, people. <laughs> 
Correct. Correct. You are correct. No, I mean, you are not correct. You are wrong, sir. You are so very wrong. Sorry to say. Okay. Question number seven. Uh Uh-huh. What is the name of the student film that was the prequel and basis for the first Evil Dead movie? Again, the question. What is the name of the student film that was the prequel and basis for the first Evil Dead movie? You know, it's funny as I saw that trivia, but I don't remember. <laughs> You're right. It was pretty funny. But I do know what the third one was almost called, which I will share after the trivia. Okay. Uh, but your answer to this question. Blank. That is not right, I'm afraid to say. Or correct in your terms. Um, the name of the prequel film that was made when Sam Raimi and Bruce Campbell were students was called Within the Woods. Hmm. Within the Woods. Carry that with you. Question number eight. What is the subtitle to this film? I don't know. Well, Evil Dead fans will be screaming this from their couches or driver's seats. No, I think they, they are ready to throw pies at me at this point. Probably. Uh, if I'm lucky. Rotten fruit if I'm unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so uh, question number eight. What is the subtitle to this film? The answer is Dead by Dawn, which is a line they say in the movie. Uh, question number nine. What was the, this is just mean, what was the budget for this film? <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't think you'd be so beaten down. Uh, your morale would be beaten down so badly by this point. Uh, you know, part. Sometimes I throw in something that's intentionally mean, but I figure you're doing all right anyway. Yeah, no, this time it's just, it's throwing salt on a I'm wound. so sorry. <laughs> I'll, okay, you can get it right if you're within three million. Is it three million? Yeah, is that your final answer? No. Okay. Two million. Is that your final answer? Yes. It, well, you're within three million. It's three point five million. Okay, there it is. <laughs> I feel like this is definitely pity points. She, yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, question number ten. <laughs> uh, who played Henrietta? Oh, uh, Ted Raimi. Very correct. Oh, I didn't ask you if it was your final answer. Is that your final answer? Uh huh. No, I'm afraid not. It was played by uh, Gustav Waltz. Uh, he was a relative newcomer to the industry, um, to Hollywood, that is. He was in German cinema for quite a few years beforehand. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, I'm Related afraid. to Christoph? Nope, nope, nope. Not any kind of relation at all. To anyone. No, he was immaculately <laughs> conceived by himself. <laughs> <laughs> he just popped into existence. You know, like you do. Yes, he's made friends, but has no family. And he hates Christoph Waltz, in fact. They're around the same age, I would imagine. And uh, they have met each other several uh, on several occasions. Don't get along. Isn't there's just that a, weird? There's a personality conflict between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's jealous, honestly. Christoph Waltz has had more success, um, even though Gustav got his start earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was Ted Raimi. Yeah. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> so. That was in trivia that I forgot to share. <laughs> <laughs> um, there you go. Okay, so you got, I was going to give you another pity question. Mm-hmm. We got that right, so you're fine. How many points did you get? Five. Five whole points? 50%? Look at you. Still failing. Hey, eh, yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> if we're going by the American uh, educational Crazy. system, yeah. <laughs> uh, you have failed. But you did so much better than I thought you were doing. You seem to be beaten down so much. You've done worse than this. Oh, <laughs> Army of Darkness was almost called Medieval Dead instead of Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, Medieval Dead. I like that. That's it's good. A missed opportunity. I know. That's kind of cute. 
They should have done it. Yeah, it's that Medieval army dead. of darkness. Oh, so lame. <laughs> All right, so now we are moving on to Act Three, movie. So beautiful. Thank you. All right, Allison, you have uh, your nostalgia for this movie because you saw this before me. So now you have written down some of ratings that you uh, have for your heart and for your critical rating uh, that you remember before watching this movie more recently. So why don't you tell us what your nostalgia was for this? Five out of ten. For the critical real rating. So for the critical real rating, I gave it a 4 out of 10. Okay, so 4 out of 10 critically, 5 out of 10, uh, that's your heart. That's how you remember your heart being the last time you saw this. Yes. Gotcha. Okay, fine. What do you predict I will rate this movie? So uh, the real rating, and I don't know what I was smoking last episode, <laughs> but <laughs> for some reason I- I feel like that was the real rose-tinted vision <laughs> going on there. Yeah, because I, I said that you were going to give it a reel of six, and that, no. Yeah. Um, what were you smoking? Were you I, smoking something? Cause I think we were on candy. We were on the, we were on the pumpkin candy, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then I said, I thought- Oh, was it the white chocolate? Did you have any of the white chocolate? That's what did it to you. <laughs> it, it makes you a crazy person. It makes you totally insane. You're insane if you think it's chocolate. <laughs> well, that's true, too. Uh, 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 fine. Okay. <laughs> then I said you would... Huh? I thought you would heart it 7 out of 10 because it's it's very campy silly, mm. and sometimes mm. that can tickle you. Mm. Um, sometimes it doesn't. Can so you think we'll of an example of when it does not? Blink, blink. She is thinking hard. She's really inside am. of her mind palace. She's looking in each room to see any instance of when I may have seen a campy movie or performance and i disliked it she's having a hard time she's in the bathroom of her mind palace now there, she's looking under the toilet seat and there's a child safety lock on the medicine cabinet uh weird that is ve it's very weird isn't that weird yes how many levels are in your mind palace because this could be a while well let's just say i don't know for right now but if it comes to me i will i will chime in you're giving up on your search yeah, just in the interest of getting to our four time stamps. This is such a large and lavish mind palace. I am shocked that you don't have a butler. Someone who can walk around and buttle for you. Such that you could ask them to you, take over the search. You are stepping on a clue a clue quote and you don't even realize it. You could have said that I was stepping in clue glue. And that would have been both a clue reference and a South Park reference. And yeah. I would have given you a high five. You know, I have a raging clue that's pointed me in this direction. Oh, my clue is so hard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've got a clue, too. That's such a weird episode. Yes, that's so weird. <laughs> my hardy boys. <laughs> anyway. All right. So, yes. What are we doing? Are we done with the coughing and moaning and we can just get right into the movie now? Yeah, we, we can. And so my very first timestamp is not a timestamp. It's just saying, That doesn't make sense. So I forgot how long it took to get to any dialogue in this movie. Forever. So my first timestamp really is until 10 minutes and 6 seconds. Oh, mine's not until 19, so I beat you. I didn't find dialogue until 19 minutes in. So this is... Um, the story of a girl? She cried a river and drowned the whole world? I mean, she looks so sad in photographs. But you'll absolutely love her. When she smiles. What we've just experienced is basically the the quick synopsis of what's going on, and Ash has just been carried off uh, by a tree and uh, accosted by a demon. 
I, I want you to know I'm hitting this play button a lot. Mm -hmm. I, I and I'm not it. getting a lot of result. Nope. So we're going to pause and work on our technical. <laughs> so we just imagined what would happen if Sam Winchester suddenly came and started blowing on Ash's gun. <laughs> would Ash be offended? I think he'd be offended. A little bit. Yeah. But part of me thinks that he would really like Winchester's father. This this happened, maybe. Uh, this <laughs> happened after I accidentally said Sam instead of Ash. Because <laughs> Allison was blowing on her bottle. This is so it's much explanation for... It doesn't matter. I'm so sorry. You know what? Mm -hmm. I noticed that anytime we try to record on a weekday yeah. after 7 o'clock... It goes to hell. We, we get the sillies. Yeah. We get the sillies real bad. All right. So your first thing you said is not a really a timestamp, but where should I go? Oh, no. My, my first actual timestamp is 10.06, where I, I'm just saying that this is a really interesting scene because as far as we know in this first film, this is the first film technically of the requel. <laughs> <laughs> so people say. So people say. And so this just to me is a prime example of a reasonable guy just experiencing some, some unreasonable, unreasonable things yeah. yeah yeah he needs someone to tell him what's going on all right so we got bruce campbell out in the woods face bloody dirty poopy looks like he if you didn't hear you said the sun made it go away <laughs> i'm sorry that was the most mumbled line i've ever heard in my life I had to watch it with subtitles because the audio was weird at my TV at home. Ah. All right, he's seeing eyes projected onto his house, his and cabin. It said, join us. That's the biggest scare in the movie right there. <laughs> the car driving away made me jump. So it's just interesting <laughs> that... Uh, at what point do you just... Like, I've gone crazy because this is not making any kind of rational sense. Uh, yep, that's a good question. I think it would be early on. Mm -hmm. Earlier than he seems to uh, entertain that idea. But, I mean, he figured out the shtick of the the bad thing, like, very quickly. He was like, oh, the sun will make it go away, so I just have to get out of here before sunfall. Yeah, uh, and he could have, I think he should have taken the path around, which don't the other people, the redneck and the other folks, don't they somehow find a way around? But he's not familiar with the area, so he may not have known about that. He needs the... to use his eyeballs a little bit. Yeah, look at the trail, my dude. I know, just look around you. You'll see. There's mm -hmm. a way. Look around. Look around. Is this a How reference? lucky are we to be alive right now? Uh, but, oh, okay. Yeah, I've seen that. I, I thought you would have picked up the reference. I am afraid I did not. And I must if now... If it's not the king of England, you don't care. Commit Saboku. <laughs> that was a weird amalgamation of Sudoku <laughs> and Seppuku. <laughs> That's the one? <laughs> I have to commit math problem suicide. <laughs> I've got to commit Sudoku. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway, uh, I am ashamed. I am ashamed. I'm so sorry to everybody, to all my loyal listeners out there that I didn't get the Hamilton reference. But I could sing the King of England 
Like I said, if it's not the King of England, you don't care. Well, that's the best song in the whole thing. It really is. <laughs> no, I agree with you. <laughs> so I listen to that more than the other ones. Yeah. It's the the other one, the other good song, the other well, I should say melodic song is Let's have another round tonight. Raise a glass to freedom. Something they can never take away. You're very musical this evening. No matter what they tell you. I was singing in the shower. That's why. So I've got I've got the song in me. <laughs> you got a bit of the song in you. I've got the song in me. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he should have gone around. He realizes there's no exit. That's half of the script right there. <laughs> I gotta... I gotta get a grip of myself here. Oh. Uh-oh. I hear the evil coming. That by sun is setting quick. By his glorious chin, evil is afoot. <laughs> He's got a great chin, and that's a good shot, honestly. That's a just a cool shot. There's the intact bridge. But it wasn't the full bridge. Like, I think it was just the No, but it, it, if you go back just a few seconds beforehand, you'll see that the bridge is completely bent up right at the, the ground, no, yeah. and it wasn't bent up at all. It was all intact. Okay, so mine is 19 minutes into the movie. What is yours, please? Thank you. My next is until after that, so go on with your bad self. You think so, myself is bad? Well, bad in the cool sense, you know. Oh, like. Very kind of you. What's going on with your scene? Well, let me tell you. Let me just tell you. Let me set this up for the listeners out there. Dear listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I've got to do that. And I don't know why it cracks me up. Because you're mocking me. <laughs> <laughs> no. Do you think that's what I'm doing? Yeah. No, that's not what bit, I was. No, I was. I always say to your listeners. No, I'm mocking uh, Woody Allen. Oh, okay. Sorry that you didn't know that. I thought that you thought I was making fun of you. I mean, I took it as good fun. Whoa. I didn't take it enough. I wouldn't do that to you. I mean, I would, but I wasn't. <laughs> so I want credit for that. <laughs> You'll know what I'm mocking you. You'll feel it viscerally. That's right. <laughs> anyway, okay. So <clears throat> Ash just saw uh, his dead lady arise from her grave, and then he woke up in a chair. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. a fun way to set up a scene. There's him waking up. (laughs) This is the brilliant dialogue that is throughout most of the movie. He's not talking to himself. He's not plotting anything. He got the word just out. Not saying anything. (laughs) (laughs) 
so the decapitated head of his girlfriend is stuck on his hand. And he's wanging her all over the cabin, smacking her into the walls. Trying to, like, this is the most close thing to, like, Tom and Jerry level slapstick, but real world. Workshed. 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 That, that is the famous line. <laughs> he got to, to hear uh, one of the few lines in the movie that was uh, immortalized, I guess, because people thought it was hilarious, unnecessary, and very clearly ADR'd. Anyway, so he's going to his workshed. Instead of a tool shed. What's the difference between a workshed and a tool shed? Uh, that's actually an interesting question. I'm glad you've asked. Uh, a workshed is a place where you go to work with tools. A tool shed is merely a repository of said tools with no space in which to work. Hmm. So in theory, could you have both a work shed and a tool shed because the workspace, you would just go to the tool shed to get the supplies you needed for the particular project? I'm sorry, is your question, can a tool shed also be a work shed? Do you need both? Well, no, I think that a work shed also has tools in it, generally speaking. So I suppose that you could remove all the tools from your work shed and put it in a separate shed, perhaps your outhouse, and that becomes your new tool shed, and uh, you have no tools in your workshop. I suppose a person could do that, but it would be insane. It would be literally insane, Allison, to do that. Yeah, I, I need to work on my insanity. I think you do. That's that's just a crazy, crazy thing to suggest. It's a mad, 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 mad world. Madam Mim. <laughs> I love Mad Mim. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so I wanted to go through this scene simply to hear him not say anything ever. Okay. I thought that that was just hilarious uh, because it felt it just always felt odd throughout this whole movie. We've talked about it, that he just never speaks. He just yells incoherently. He doesn't say even like say like, ah, get off me or anything like that. He literally said just yells incoherently. Mm -hmm. It's so weird. Yeah. And I like later uh, there's a scene where um, the professor's daughter is yelling at the hillbilly guy to or, to shut up. Yeah. And I'm like, he's the only one giving us any problem. I know let him speak <laughs> let the man speak I forgot what humans conversing sounds like this is the the uh the matriarchy that we've been complaining about for years in this country women just keeping men down you know not letting them speak yes misandry and uh you know not letting men speak not letting our voices be heard you know you should really be quiet and listen to what I have to say about it because oh. I I knew it would happen again. You know, it's just the way it goes on this podcast. She beats me down. Shh. Again. The women are speaking. Damn it. One of these days, men will rise up. We'll get power in this country, this forsaken country. Oh, well, that'll be the day. <laughs> the day that we've got a man president in this country. What, you Ronald Reagan? The actor? <laughs> I, I think there's hope for him. I think he could do it. Anyway, what are we doing at this point? Uh, uh, I wanted to get to him going to the work shed. I just want to see him get his little uh, chainsaw. And we'll look out for that Freddy Krueger glove. Yes. <laughs> sure enough. Sure enough. Ah, thank goodness, a vice. <laughs> Going down. <laughs> You're going down. There. Look. 
It's the chalk outline. I, that's what I wanted to see. A chalk outline of the chainsaw. So that's actually Did the not, chainsaw die? That's not uncommon. Um, so, uh, for instance, Julie Child used to do outlines of pans on a pegboard that she would have in her kitchen so she would know where to hang up her pots and pans so they were in a specific order. Julia Child, you say? Hmm? Mm-hmm. What did she know about cooking? Butter. Um, she, she wrote the joy of cooking. Yes, butter. And she did like butter. She was the first Paula Deen, except... <laughs> was she racist? I, God, I hope not. She tried to make French cooking approachable for non-French people. The only the only reason I know anything about Julia Child is epic rap battle of history. Mm-hmm. They did Julia Child versus Gordon Ramsay, also from A Bit of Fry and Lori, in which Stephen Fry dresses up like Julia Child and does a little cooking program. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. There's some good uh, SNL skits, like classic SNL skits, and I believe Julie Child is played by Dan Aykroyd. Oh, I can see it. The hair, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> That's not complimentary for either. <laughs> no, I don't think it is. Um, okay, so chalk outline of the chainsaw I thought was funny, but you're saying it's just a practicality that is uh, not to be laughed at. Well, I mean, you can laugh at whatever you find funny. That's the the thing about humor. What's good about America? Subjective. But I'm just acknowledging that there was probably a logical reason for it. But honestly, I thought it was a joke. Like uh, it was like a police outline of where the chainsaw was. And Mm -hmm. it was a a silly joke. I don't know. Maybe people actually do that in their garages, in their work sheds. All right. What's your next timestamp? 2440, uh, where we have a very similar battle, but this time with hands. Mr. Brucey Campbell is not looking so well. He's gotten beat up a little bit. Yeah, the blood smears on his face and his wounds are very inconsistent. Or actually, it's almost, they're too consistent. I don't think so. We just cut up our girlfriend with a chainsaw. Does that sound bye? <laughs> Why did he do the line that way? So he jumped out of the mirror, accosted himself, and is now choking himself through the mirror. Which I will say that that, that illusion that they did in the mirror, Pretty it, good. it was really good. Yeah. yeah. Like I was, I was, I kind of ran it back the first time I saw it and I was waiting to see like if whatever was superimposed on the mirror would cut to not being superimposed and having another actor like leap through a gap where the mirror is. Mm-hmm. I thought that that's how they were going to be doing it, but I think that that gap was always there. And that was Bruce Campbell the whole time. And there was a double that had his back to the camera. The illusion was just really good. And now he's choking himself. He's hesitantly touching the mirror. (laughs) He's trying to outsmart the mirror. (laughs) Who hasn't tried to do that? Oh, his hand's going wonky. Where it was bit is now becoming infected. Comment on it, man. (laughs) The hand is attacking his face. Again, Tom and Jerry. (laughs) Just so. Who's he talking to? The Truman Show people who are controlling? Get 
Poof of smoke. So my Ends next scene. is not until 28.54. So I believe, is it just after this that he, it's the scene where the whole room is laughing at him, like the lamps and the books and things like that? Mm-hmm. Speaking of, did you know that the German version of this movie is called The Dance of the Demons? Oh, that sounds more pretty and epic than yeah. the, the lamp. Yeah, the lamp. I love him dancing with that lamp. It's so <laughs> funny. It's so cute. Yeah, I think that's coming up here in a couple seconds, too. So this is just a, an epic battle of a man and his former hand. He's still trying to win his hand back. His own hand is smashing plates on him. <laughs> All of this. He's drowning himself, hitting his own head on the sink. So apparently, this was all improv by him, and this was actually the first take. Which would explain why they had to impose the sound. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his cross eyed face. Now the hand is trying to crawl across the floor. Uh, struggling to drag his body, but now it's inching its way over. Over the broken plates. <laughs> so the hand is still kind of slowly inching his whole body across the room. <laughs> I like that the hand has a voice. It makes roughly as much sense as actually Ash's character. He's now stabbed his possessed hand with a kitchen knife. That's right. Who's laughing now? <laughs> <laughs> he picks up the chainsaw. He bites the ripcord. And now, for the 14th time, he is covered in blood. <laughs> My next is not until 41 minutes and 18 seconds, um, where we meet Henrietta, um, the professor's wife. Dismember her corpse. And I dragged her down the steps. And I buried her. There's Senor Cojones. I buried her in the cellar. God help me, I buried her in the earthen floor. <laughs> what the hell was that? Somebody's down there with him. No, can't be. Let's get the fuck out of here. That one's in my fruit cellar. Someone with a fresh soul. <laughs> <laughs> Very bright down there. <laughs> I wonder who's doing the voice. Swallow your soul. 
transformation of uh, the zombie look to the alien look mm-hmm. was must have been like five or six different models in just quick succession. Yeah, it looks like uh, almost like a claymation. Yeah. <laughs> Oop. Framed. So they're fighting the beast from the basement, and they're trying to get it to come back down. And Hillbilly Lady just swallowed an eyeball. So I think this must be the corrected version, because the original version, apparently you could very obviously see the wire coming from the eyeball going into her mouth, which is a reverse shot. She had the eyeball in her mouth, and they yoinked it out with the wire. Gotcha. Uh, but I didn't see the wire, so this must be the corrected version where they removed all the wires. Mm, nice and clean. No caffeine. And so uh, what we're leading into is what I like to call uh, classic demon psychological warfare. And I want to know how it came to be that demons became so expert at psychologically torturing people. Well, we wouldn't call them demons if they weren't good at it. Like if, if The psychological element is special. Yeah, but if alligators were good at psychological warfare, we'd call them demons. I think some people do call them demons. Nah. Or dinosaurs. Dinosaurs, certainly. Logs. Sometimes it's they're log. called logs because they're mistaken for them. Well, they're better Something than men. They're good. That's true. That, that witch in the cellar is only part of it. It lives... Out in those woods, in the dark, something, something that's come back from the dead. Yeah! Out here. We're going, We're going to get on that train. Nobody goes out that door. Not till daylight. You just me. Hush, little baby, don't say a word. I thought this was one of the creepier things in the movie. Mm. They've got Henrietta peeking out of the cellar, and she's not zombified anymore. She looks like a sweet old lady. I'm pretty sure I've said this on a previous spooky episode, but the I think the thing that freaks me out the most in nightmares or horror movies is when things are like 100% normal, except for one thing is out of place. Mm-hmm. It's just the one little thing that makes you start questioning reality. It's the thing before the the thing that is so horrific. It's just that one little thing out of place that, like, if that weren't there, everything would literally be perfect and a happy day. But there's one thing mm-hmm. that leads you to believe, oh, Jesus, something crazy is going on. There's but, something foul. Yeah, it's not the full-on, like, blood and horror and stuff like that. Like it, in It, the original It, you see uh, Pennywise just peering out of the, the thing. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't look like a monster or anything like that, but why would a clown be there? Mm-hmm. And that shot is the most horrific thing in the movie to me. No other thing in the movie is as scary as that. Part of me wonders if you would like the Stepford Wines. Is that the one with Jack Nicholson? No. And the ladies? Okay. Is that the one with Tobey Maguire? No. Okay. It, I don't have any more. Okay. Well, we'll we'll save it for a later date. Um, but uh, I don't want to give away anything because there's a, a huge kind of plot thing. So I won't 
say anything else. Okay, the movie has a plot. That I will note. And dialogue. <gasps> now that must be very good. <laughs> very high quality movie. Or dialogue. <laughs> I used to sing it to you when you were a baby. Mother. You couldn't sing? Quickly. Mm-hmm. Bruce Campbell shakes his head menacingly. No. You were born September 2nd, 1962. I remember it well because it was snowing. So strange it would be snowing in September. That thing in the cellar is not my mother. And that is not your boyfriend anymore. So... We are the things that were and shall be again. Brothers floating. We want what is yours. Life. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Dead by dawn. Whoa. <laughs> that was about as campy as it gets. He floated across the room while doing his fingers like this. <laughs> and then started eating her hair like it was cotton candy. I love it. He ran across the room with his hands like this. Boogie, boogie, boogie. What is this? Jazz fingers? or <laughs> spirit, <laughs> spirit fingers. Spirit fingers? All right, fine. <laughs> Was killed by the soft part of a light bulb. Who was it? Where are you going? He was killed. Oh, boss, you fucking coward! Green blood. All over the deer. Oh dear. Redneck gets up. He was faking it the whole time. He never lost consciousness. He just didn't want to help. Yeah. Or get sticky and green. I don't blame him. My next one is 55 minutes. Oh. So, fella breaks up the boring academic discussion, this is Redneck Fella, by the way, about demons and prophecies to propose a new plan. Kind of rift in time and space. And the physical manifestation of this dark spirit can be forced back into the rift. At least that's the best translation that I can... Redneck is awoken. That's right. That's right. I'm running this show now. Now. We're going to go out there in them woods and... Look for Baba Joe. Once we find her, we're getting the hell out of here. No, you idiot! <laughs> You'll kill us all. She's dead by now. Dead by daylight. Don't you understand? With these pages, at least we have a chance. So, okay, so Redneck grabs the Necronomicon pages away from them. Yeah. 
And uh, I just want to first of all point out that Bruce Campbell's acting couldn't be any bigger. No, it, he is the movie. <laughs> he couldn't be any broader at the moment. His <laughs> face is doing all the things. <laughs> He's, as in like the most Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey has ever Jim Carried. Mm-hmm. That's what Bruce Campbell is being right now. Jim Carrey wishes he was Bruce Campbell. Oh, that's true enough. Bullshit. So I and also Redneck is trying to dispose of these uh, Necronomicon pages, mm-hmm. and walks right by the fire, which I thought was nice of him. You know, he didn't make it impossible for them to finish the final boss. Yeah, he was just making it difficult, which is very kind. So instead, he just throws I them. Just don't mean squat. Squat. Eh, it tosses him into the cellar. Now you ain't got no choice. Now move! Mm. Listen, poor man's Randy Quaid, which is saying a lot. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that uh, extra shot at him at the end. Continue. <laughs> I mean, no one's saying that you can't go look for your girlfriend. Right. Well, but he's also a coward. Yeah. He needs other people to do it for him. Or with him. Well, in front of him. So I also wanted to point out this fellow here, if I may call him a fellow. Randy Quaid's poor man. Yes, dime store Randy Quaid. Uh, <laughs> has no idea how to hold a gun. Nope. Which I don't <laughs> believe. I know. Dime store Randy Quaid would have held many guns. But maybe dime store Randy Quaid has held many guns incorrectly. <laughs> and perhaps he's killed family members accidentally because of this. And he just continues to do it. And I will say that... Uh, Bobby Joe is kind of out of his league a little bit. Sure, yeah. I wonder if she's here under threat. Maybe he's always got a gun poorly trained on her. <laughs> she's just not educated to know that she's not in danger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He hasn't loaded it. That is a water gun. <laughs> it's one of those uh, flame pistols that light cigarettes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yes, well, anyway. Uh, and so what? She's just humoring him? Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing else in these woods. <laughs> Might as well. Anyway, that's the end of that. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next one is at one hour and one minute. Go on. So, here we are. Lady is guarding the door against evil Ash. Oh, no. Ash has gone evil. What a day. What a night. She lost her parents, her boyfriend. Evil Ash grabs her by the hair and something. (laughs) I like that he is. uh, There was a movie that was doing something similar to this. I can't remember what it was, though. But I just think it's hilarious that, first of all, when she, I don't know if it's after this, she like falls to the floor to check on him and grabs the thing that's stabbed into him to steady herself. Yeah. <laughs> and she keeps bashing the door into him and stuff like that. It's just very funny. After she stabbed him. Yeah. She stabbed the red. Oh, yeah, and she stabbed him. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so she, <laughs> instead of moving him all the way back, moves him some of the way back and then continues to smash the door into him. Then she moves his boots out of the way, closes the door, reinforces it with her body. And starts yelling. I don't know why she's yelling. Like, she knew this was going to happen. That's why she's standing against the door. What are you yelling for? I don't... 
she also has some obnoxious yell. Agree. It's almost as bad as Andy. <laughs> as effective as well. All right. So evil Ash has stopped bashing against the door. <laughs> she <laughs> he grabs the stabby thing on the way down. Give me another room. Get the axe. We'll kill it when it comes back. But first, pull this damn thing out of me. <laughs> <laughs> I think this is where she yells at him. So she's dragging uh, Redneck across the house and onto the door of the cellar, or just before the door of the cellar. So she could pick up the axe. Check the windows. He's probably right And good old Auntie Henrietta grabs onto him, drags him partway into the cellar. She grasps onto his legs. And he's mostly into the cellar. She's got his boots. What's talking about? And blood starts spewing out. Just spewing. Just spewing. At this point, she can let go. I think he's... dead loving amounts of spew. (laughs) I just loved that she held on to that for so long. After pools of blood were spewing out, he's gone. Mm -hmm. I think you can safely let go of him and be secure in the knowledge that he's dead. And you did everything you could, yep. including scream loudly. Yep. No one's going to blame you for not screaming loudly enough. Mm-hmm. He's dead. Yeah. It just, it's it's over. As a door now. It's over, beast, as they say. Uh, I only have one more time stump, and that is at 113 even. So mine is probably the most iconic Ash line. <gasps> Groot. <laughs> I didn't want to spoil it, so I had to change tact. <laughs> yes, I think everyone was very, very fooled by what uh, Groot. He was the original Groot. There's even moving trees in this movie. It's perfect. <laughs> 10722. <Groovy>. <laughs> there it is, baby. Yep. That's all I really wanted to <laughs> say about that. Yeah, no, it's just uh, he suits himself up in kind of his iconic outfit and weaponry choice. Now, I will say that that does match the hero depicted in the missing pages of the Necronomicon. So I think, was it the scene just before where he was uh, putting all of his stuff together? He was arranging his arm, which would be the Army of Darkness. Maybe that's why it was called Army of Darkness. Army of Darkness? Possibly. Ah, Possibly. ah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yeah, leading up to that, it was... All right. So here we're going back into the work shed. See, it's cutting. Things are happening quick. This is so Edgar Wright. Yeah. Like, this could have come right out of uh, Hot Fuzz. In fact, it may have been a uh, intentional mirroring of that but when they go to war on the town near the end of the movie of hot fuzz mm-hmm. he does that like he straps up and stuff like that it, it cuts around exactly like this 
It was probably influenced, but yeah. I mean, an homage. I will say that this is not a hundred percent unique to Evil Dead Two. Tell me another movie that does it like so. Well, there's just there's other '80s action flicks um, that cut around like that. I feel like, yeah. Huh. Well, maybe I've just I haven't seen them or I'm forgetting, but I feel like especially cutting quickly is a more modern thing. And uh, but cutting it like that when like it's kind of a montage building up to a, a thing, it feels very unique. And I always attributed it to uh, Edgar Wright, but uh, now I'm seeing it in this, so I'm I'm saying that this is seminal. I'll try to think of anything that happened before this. Go back in your mind, Palace. And I'll I'll worry about it next time before we record. Our you need to hire a better butler up there. Yeah, it's just moths right now, just fluttering around. Okay, so here we are. Ash is fighting the final boss, which is Henrietta, in her final form as chimpanzee on a pogo stick. <laughs> He's giving it punches. It's punching him in the face. Yeah. Other lady starts singing a lullaby to him. And the chimpanzee on a pogo stick is enthralled. And Ash stabs him in the back with a chainsaw. Arm goes flying. Arm goes flying on wire. <laughs> Head goes flying. Head goes flying. Never mind, I think I saw a wire. And then it's like doing a deflated balloon sound, mm-hmm. which hey, is odd. I'll your soul! I'll your soul! I'll your soul! <laughs> swallow this. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of magnesium in that head. Swallow this. I love that. And I'm reminded of the scene in Jaws <laughs> where tall, shorn face, glasses, I think, shoots Jaws at the end mm-hmm. as the big thing. And the doesn't sheriff. he? Mm-hmm. I shout sheriff. Doesn't he shoot him in the mouth and go like, eat this mother? I don't think he said mother. <laughs> I don't think he does either, but it's implied. And I think that it was hilarious. I think that that movie was really serious. I, I think I, we brought this up on that episode of the podcast mm-hmm. that the movie was so serious and so kind of like grounded up until that point. And then that felt like a blockbustery weird quip thing to say. Oh, he, it's like come chum this. I don't think it was come chum this. I think it was like it wasn't eat this. It might as well have been eat this because he was having it eat a thing. Mm-hmm. But oh, you're, you're not talking um, about the scene where he's like shoveling the, the chum. You're, you're no, no, he, at the he, very he, end scene yeah, he, the- yeah, yeah, the Jaws eats an explosive thing and he shoots the explosive thing and he says something like, eat this and blows him up. And I thought that was so stupid mm-hmm. for an otherwise great movie. That was such a stupid moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, but that was uh, essentially what I'm doing is comparing that moment to Evil Dead 2. Gotcha. And that should make Stevie Spielbs ashamed. Not because this is a bad movie necessarily, but it certainly isn't. It's not a Stevie Spielbs movie. No, no. Can you, know? you imagine? I think that other directors should, like, the of the iconic films, we should rank, like, a top ten from different genres, iconic films, and have other directors take a whack at it. Yeah, but I think that they actually need to take us seriously, and if we say, like, Guillermo del Toro needs to direct a film, that suddenly he has to take onus of doing it, because we're that famous. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think we should make a list, and it w- is legally binding. Mm-hmm. If they don't finish these projects within a year and a half, they owe us millions. No, they will go to prison. But and I'd rather have the millions. Death penalty. Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> they this will just die. Got, this got serial. <laughs> yeah. No, they'll all get lethal electric chairs and a form of execution not commonly used anymore. <laughs> lethal electric chairs yeah. by lethal injection. As Electricity by lethal injection. Unlethal. <laughs> no, how great would it be to have lethal injection via electricity? No, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> An electrode implanted in your heart with a bomb. Were you watching Crank? I actually showed my brothers the trailer to that. They couldn't believe it. <laughs> they couldn't believe a movie like that existed. Uh-huh. And I was so happy. <laughs> so, uh, no, I haven't, but I watched the trailer for it recently and I fell in love all over again. Well, it was before Statham didn't kick a shark. Did he kick? Oh, that's right. In one of the worst movies ever made. What was it? Meg? Meg. I need to watch that movie again so I can spit. So you, yeah. And the I couldn't spit in the theater because that's just rude. But in my ruined, own home, I can spit. They ruined Dwight for you again. Right? Dwight, I've heard him in interviews. He com- he mourns. He bemoans the fact that he has not been able to make it in movies. People love him in TV shows, he says. People will watch TV shows because he's in them. I guess he's got analytics on this. But people will not go to the movies to see him. And he's very sad about that. I, I mean, that must be from a Hollywood standard because I haven't yeah. really seen him in a lot of movies to avoid or go see him in the movies. Maybe that's the problem. Mm-hmm. So is that the end of the movie? Yeah, I guess Th- we're ready for Act 4, The Rose Ceremony. Okay, all right. <sighs> I didn't know that they would applaud for you saying that also. I thought that they had an allegiance to me no, a little bit. No, they owe nothing to anyone. I mean, I paid them. So I feel like they should have an allegiance to me. Also, I mean, I've just been doing this for a while now. So it's true. Where's where's the loyalty? Yeah. I mean, you do have a better bravado when you say it. I was lacking bravado. We'll have have another go. Act for the Rose Award Ceremony. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this is why I don't try to do things. Have another go. I think that they were just joking with you that. All right. Calm down, guys. Calm. Okay. All right. Have another go. I like how you let it linger too. So it just was <laughs> continual salt with a, then a splash of lime to keep it zesty in my open wounds. I do love lime tortilla chips, but uh, <laughs> try again. Act four, the Rose Award ceremony. So uh, the Rose Award. Uh-huh. Um, I defy you to tell me the goal of the story. Uh, survive. Okay. That's the hero journey, I guess. Yeah. Or conquering evil, if you want to put it in more floral terms. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I, I also wrote to survive an evil entity bent on human destruction. So by that logic. That is Ash, much more floral. Ash. Uh, he survived. He defeated evil. Mm-hmm. It, more actively. Uh, you know, he, pr- he fulfilled a prophecy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, hey, it's Ash. It's got to be Ash, right? Right, yep. right, right. It's obviously Ashley. So, who is your thorn? So, if the hero's journey is to defeat evil, who was trying or uh, being the biggest roadblock to the defeat of evil? So, I would say uh, the professor is actually um, the thorn 
because without him um, translating the book, evil wouldn't have been brought to the world. So we've had conversations about this in the past. So when one of us wants to bring up, oh, but this person started the story. Mm-hmm. Like this per- the whole reason that there is a plot is because of this person, therefore they get the rose. Or the whole reason that there's a problem in the first place is this person, therefore they get the thorn. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's fair. Because it should be during the story, this person was hindering. Or during this the story, this person was helping. That sort of thing. Then I would say Redneck Joe. Redneck Joe? What did I put? Oh, yeah. I said truck driver, but Redneck Joe is probably more apt. Because he, he was driving a truck, though, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, like a tow truck guy. Yeah. Yeah. So, because he actively hindered the there could have been an easy resolution and possibly more survivors yeah i think it's redneck joe so where did um, he come from where did he go where did he come from cotton-eyed joe (laughs) that's what i was going for yeah i know but i couldn't remember if those were the actual lyrics or if i was just making that up nope (laughs) okay you got it (laughs) okay cotton-eyed joe why was he cotton-eye i don't know where did he come from where did he go where did you come from cotton-eyed joe is I would have been married a long time ago if it weren't for Cotton Eye Joe. Is that the, uh, another verse? Mm-hmm. Wow. Didn't know there were more So words. technically, and I don't know if this is true, but I've read that uh, the song is a metaphor for getting an STD. Where did it come from? Where did it go? Where did it come from? Cotton Eye Joe. Mm-hmm. I'm, it's, uh, I'm not seeing if it. If it weren't for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd be married a long time ago. Where did he come from? Where did he go? What does that have to do with marriage? And how do you not know where it went? Well, you don't know necessarily where it came from. Yeah, um, that part I understand. Yeah, and marriage, if you have an STD, I guess back when the song was originally made, it could have precluded you from getting married. The priest would be like, no, sir. Mm-hmm. You got dirty genitals. That's very possible. All right, so ratings time. Now for... Okay. Who did you love? <gasps> Ashley mm-hmm. and the tree. I loved the tree monster when it poked its head in and it had the, the, the teeth and such. I really enjoyed that. Very reminiscent of, uh, well, when it was outside tree, less when it was facey tree. Yeah. When it was semi-facey tree, it kind of looked like the tree guys from um, Lord of the Rings? Wizard of Oz. Oh. I also loved Ash, but who doesn't love Ash? I, I mean, come on. I mean, come on. Uh, who did you hate? Because I said literally everyone else. Uh, you know what? I didn't hate anybody. I don't know that I hated anybody in this movie. Everybody else were, they've served their purpose being stupid or annoying or whatever, but, uh, I didn't find myself hating them. So to the genres, uh, I said comedy horror. I said can't be spooky. I think we were (laughs) talking the same points, maybe. Yeah, 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 yeah. Saying the same thing in a different way. Uh, For Can't Be Spooky, that's literally the only thing I didn't rate. You know what? When I was rating these things earlier, I went through the whole document. I was like, I know there's something I'm missing out. I looked at every section. I was like, no, I've clearly done everything. Mm -hmm. That is literally the one thing I didn't do. So for Can't Be Spooky, you do yours first. So I gave it a 6 out of 10. And again, I know it's controversial. Um, Of the Evil Dead trilogy, um, this is not my favorite. Uh, I know that that's going to hurt a lot of fans, um, specifically our fans and the Evil Dead franchise fans. I just prefer Army of Darkness, and that's just my taste, um, not based on anything other than taste. Uh, of you mean my political? Personal, my personal varietal of taste. Other than taste, what could it be? I, I mean, it could be relating to politics or some sort of grudge match. 
Quenchman. I don't know. Or, what else could it be? Like technical skills and all of that. Eh, like. Could be a technical. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. I've been uh, I've been proven wrong in my line of inquiry or proven stupid more like thank you um okay i gave it for campy spooky an 8.5 oh wow uh it's super campy super campy and genuinely i was expecting it to be more funny than it was i wasn't expect i i was expecting much more zaniness much more camp and comedy i don't know how you can make it more zany <sighs> dialogue yeah, d- funny dialogue. Yeah. Like it, it could have been punched up by some comedy writers uh, having him. I was expecting quips. I wanted quips everywhere. Whenever he shot somebody, I wanted him to be, be like, nice shot. You know, something stupid like that. I, that's what I was expecting. Eat this. Yeah. Mam- more, more eat this. Yeah, I wanted much more eat this, you mother. So uh, <laughs> other, so it was, it was campy, no doubt about that. But I was expecting more comedy. Uh, so I'm not necessarily disappointed I'm giving it a higher rating, but it was more also more spooky than I was expecting. I wasn't expecting it to be spooky at all, and there were some genuine spooks contained. Uh, so I enjoyed that. Yep, 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 yep. yep. But should have had more dialogue, uh, more wild lines. Not necessarily something scripted, but something like "Ah, oh, Jesus! Ah, oh, shit! It's on me! Get off me!" That sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, should have been more of that. Um, for directing, how did you feel the Ramies did? Maybe they were they were doing this because of pressure. Mm-hmm. This is uh, they were trying to export this to the Chinese market, and they were like, "Hey, we don't want to have to dub a whole lot of lines. Don't say anything." I doubt that's how it worked. I doubt that this. So, um, I, I forgot the exact number, but I think there is a very limited number of films that can make it to China internationally and play in their theater systems. Exactly. They were trying. They were trying to play by the rules so they could be one of the few. I, I the doubt proud. It. The Marines. I just doubt it would have made it. So uh, for directing, I gave it a 5 out of 10. Um, Sam Rainey certainly has his own style. And I appreciate that he wanted to tell the story in the way that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say that this is really the closest thing that I've ever seen that I could say is horror Looney Tunes. Like, What's wrong with that? I wouldn't say anything was wrong with it. Um, hey, it's part of my, my prose comment, but there needed to be more storytelling elements. And I don't know if that's the fault of the writing or the directing or both. I think it's both. Especially since he was writer and director. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so certainly he is to blame. Yes. <laughs> um, or to be praised. Depending on, yeah. Uh, so I gave it a rather a controversial rating also. I'm giving it a 7 out of 10, which mm-hmm. is rather high mm-hmm. for a movie like this, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. I would. We'll say it then. It's a little high. That's not exactly what I said, but I think that it was very creative. Mm-hmm. Had a very good use of practical effects. Uh, I also liked there was just very interesting uses of film, literally film, because they stretched the picture they sheared the picture, which is the act of making it go kind of diagonal, mm-hmm. stretching. Yeah, there, there was very to achieve kind of emotional effect. Uses of distortion. You're right. Yeah. You know, I think I'll punch mine up a little bit to a six. You know, because it's it's not going for a kind of Godfather seriousness, grounded realism. But as far as directing is concerned, there were just a lot of creative uses of camera, practical effects, superimpositions, uh, and just generally stuff done with the film. So, I, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. But uh, also a, a con for directing, uh, the superimposing wasn't always perfect. 
Um, you know, when you have to superimpose like uh, the, the shot where Bruce Campbell was against the setting sun when he was near the bridge. Mm-hmm. That's one such use of superimposing two things on top of each other. I thought the superimposing looked great for the most part. And I'm not talking about when you can kind of see the edge of the thing on top. There's kind of like a black hazy line around whatever's being superimposed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not talking about that, but I think at the end you see him shoot the demon that's kind of flying around in medieval times mm-hmm. and the shot, like the firing effect that comes out of the gun is like offset from the gun. So it's like the barrel is here and the firing effect is like down here for some reason. So that's just a dumb mistake. <laughs> he should have done better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there were things like that. Lack of dialogue in Wild Lions. That's also a directing problem. He could have told him, hey, do you say things. Mm-hmm. Next time you you improv your way through the scene, don't just grunt. Yeah. Say some stuff. And then when you did superimpose audio after the fact, it didn't make sense. <laughs> work shed. Yeah, work shed. Case in point. <laughs> so yeah there were some cons to it it wasn't you know a masterpiece but it's very interesting and i thought it was very creative so seven might be high but that's that's what i'm feeling about it go with your gut i enjoyed it and your heart i enjoyed the directing music i it was one of those things where i didn't remember it so yeah. i was there music <laughs> Literally, my con says, what music? Was there music? I don't. Yeah. I genuinely don't remember. I'm not saying that for effect. There, there was, um, but I, I couldn't tell you a single note of it, like except for some kind of a, the discordant wailing sounds that whenever the evil was approaching. Yeah. Uh, I Those gave, are more stings than music, but I guess go under this heading. Yeah, I gave it a one out of ten for music. I don't know. I won't go that low. I'll give it a four because whatever music was there aided in whatever mood was it was trying to conjure you know in correlation to the the picture and the acting and all the rest of it so i guess it was doing its job but it wasn't interesting enough to stand out Mm -hmm. so four if it was not doing its job i'm sure i've talked about this on other episodes but if it wasn't doing his job and it would stick out like a sore thumb and should get a lower rating than that but if it was merely doing its job you won't remember it but it, it will have evoked whatever emotion it was trying to evoke in whatever moment you talked me up. I'll punch mine up to a four. All right. So writing. So I gave it a three out of ten. <gasps> three out of ten. Pound it. Uh, hey. Uh, I was saying in the interest of not rating it at work's work levels, I gave it a three. Um, there are some struggles in the storytelling here. Uh, I understand that they had a hard job of building a requel, as Bruce Campbell called it, um, without the rights to the source material. But there were still continuity issues that they could have controlled that they didn't. And I, I struggle with knowing if that was the director's fault or... I, I mean, and this is the hard part where I would have said that, and I'm like, wait, but he wrote it and directed, so <laughs> it's somebody's fault. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I thought the plot was fine. As far as a horror movie is concerned... Probably better than most. But it seems like the story was bad because nobody was speaking, which is usually, unless you're trying to make a statement with your movie by having no dialogue in it, you want dialogue. You know, and I would say the same about music. You need music unless you're doing making a statement piece like kind of like a country, No Country for Old Men. Mm-hmm. They did not have music anywhere in their movie until the final credits, but they were doing that intentionally. They were making a statement with that and it was kind of an artistic approach. Whereas this, I don't think it was an artistic approach to not have dialogue. I think that they just didn't write dialogue. Yeah, it was all reactions. Yeah. 
Yeah. So that was kind of sad. Uh, so yeah, acting, tree out of 10, tree. Script must have been five pages long. You mean writing? What did I say? Acting. Oh, well, yes, for writing, it's three out of 10. Yeah. What about acting now that we're on the subject? Three out of 10. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, I wasn't really sure how to rate the acting because Bruce Campbell, 10 out of 10, always. Everyone else, two. Well, okay, so Bruce Campbell in my heart is a 10 out of 10. Oh, but next the, Like if, if we're, yeah, if we're putting him on the scale with uh, Olivier, yeah, no. uh, I'm sorry. Sorry. Three was generous, to be <laughs> honest, for everybody in the movie. <laughs> the best actor was the tree. Damn. No, it's, but, I mean, it worked for this kind of, it's a campy horror movie. You don't expect something, you don't expect Laurence Olivier to be in this movie and to give that type of performance. It's a campy horror. What if Laurence Olivier was the tree? Well, then there you go. That's why it was so brilliant. <laughs> it's definitely a low-budget horror comedy. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah. It sure is. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, real rating. This is, we're getting into the overall ratings. The real rating is the critical rating. So, what would you give it overall? All the previous subcategories that we've just talked about, how would you sum those up in one rating critically? I'm going to adjust it ever so slightly. Yeah. So I'm going to say a 4 out of 10 for the real. Oh. Where you're looking at it from, I'll say a... Eggstein and Ebert, Eberberry? Ten? Roger and Ebert? Sure. Siskel and Ebert? It, you just said two things. Roger and Ebert is one person. And then oh. Siskel is the... Yeah. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So... Does yeah, Siskel we, have a, a last name? I'm trying to remember. Anyway, so, yeah, looking at it from, like, if you're putting it on the pedestal of the great films in history, probably not going to rate super high on that scale. Now, my heart rating is staying firm of where it was at that 5 out of 10. Ah, okay, so your heart rating, so this is all-encompassing rating, but not critically. You're not coming at it from a critical perspective, but from mm -hmm. your heart perspective. Um, you're saying is a 5. Mm -hmm. And critical, you said, was a 4? Mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm giving you that face. I uh, don't have a bit retort. <laughs> uh, it was clearly a nine out of 12. So uh, for <laughs> my real rating is a five. So mm -hmm. one more than yours. I give it credit for being very creative. It invented Edgar Wright's style. That's got to say something for it, you know. Mm -hmm. Edgar Wright has gone on to do very beautiful things with the art of cinema and camera work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it was quite good I, I really enjoyed it uh but having almost no dialogue seriously bumped me but you know great effects i thought fun atmosphere creative cinematography and that generally made up for it not having any dialogue which was <laughs> very weird Interesting choice. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my heart rating is an eight wow you know you liked it get out of town hey mikey so i'm guessing you'll watch it again no i will never watch this movie ever not even once I haven't seen it. In fact, I rewound and just deleted it. I unsaw it. I have now seen it negative one times. Uh, yes, I will watch this movie again. Allison, for the love of God, don't even, don't quote me statistics. Don't quote me mathematics. Have you changed your opinion on this movie? I don't want to hear about ratings, nostalgic or otherwise. I want to hear just deep within your soul, has there been a shift? Not really. Okay. I cannot adamant believe you for liking, I just, 
I haven't seen the third one yet, so I actually can't comment. Act five. Next time on RTR. All right, so this means we're getting into our next movie. Th basically, this is the end of the episode. For all the new listeners, right now is just the end. I'm sorry. The fun has come to a stop and a conclusion or Tories. So you can stop listening now unless you want to hear interesting things about what's coming next. All right. So uh, what's coming next? Prince of Persia. We're finally getting down to it. We're going to be watching Michael. F no, it's not Michael Fassbender, is it? It's Jake Gyllenhaal. Dance his way in through the Middle East and, and other places like Asia and such. <coughs> is it whitewashing? I don't know. They gave what, him a tan. They gave him a tan. Is that uh, is that somehow offensive? We'll find out uh, on the next episode of Rose Tinted Reels. So the actual movie that we're going to watch next on the <coughs> RTR is Prince of Darkness. Oh. So, well, all right. I mean, I was really geared up to watch some Jake Gyllenhaal dancing around uh, different places of the world where he shouldn't be. Well, that, that was never on the menu. Huh. Okay. Well, uh, this is this. Uh, I've already purchased the movie. So who's refunding me for Disney? You think I can convince them to do that? Sure. <laughs> you don't sound like you care. You don't sound like you're being sympathetic <laughs> about this at all. So I'm kind of upset now. Well, uh, the reason we picked uh, Prince of Darkness one, uh, you were really interested in watching another Carpenter film, and also Jesus. because you love uh, Donald Pleasance. Oh, Donald Ple the great and powerful Donald Pleasance is in this? Yes. I think he's an OBE. He's a what? An OBE. I don't know what that is. Order of the British Empire. Oh. So it's higher. It's a higher honor than being knighted. Interesting. I did not know that. Yes. I don't know why. Did they see him in Halloween and were like, this guy, he's got it going on. <laughs> or did he potentially do stuff in theater before that happened? I'm going to guess he did stuff in theater before. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that's the case. Otherwise, I feel like the English empire is crumbling. <laughs> you have some explaining to do. <laughs> I guess the queen was just a really big like horror fan. She loves genre movies. Can't blame her. Can't blame her. So my nostalgia rating for this one is a real um, of four out of ten with a heart of six, and my exact predicted ratings were actually matching four and a six. So wait, Donald, this is <laughs> I almost said Donald Carpenter. Donald, this is Donald Glover's movie. Um, <laughs> he was really early in his career, uh -huh. like negative fifteen, perhaps. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, so this is a John Carpenter film that you think I'm going to say critically is a four out of ten. Are you mad? Have you gone mad? It's, uh, I, I'm curious, obviously, to see what you think about it, but I, I think you will six out of ten like it, which is pretty good. Why do you think I'm going to think critically so poorly of it? I don't think you're going to, you'll, you'll see. Is that a threat? And a promise. Now, off with you. Per tradition, I'm sending him away. So he has nothing to skew him. So we're going to return to 1987. Uh, which is actually where we are currently for Evil Dead 2. Anyone in close proximity has the same dream. What is it? A secret that can no longer be kept. It started a month ago. What started? A change in the earth and the sky. His power 
There's a weird locking mechanism. Looks like it can only be opened from the inside. A life form is growing out of prebiotic fluid. It's not winding down into disorder. It's self-organizing. It's becoming something. What? So, um, I would like to thank Julian Crowhurst for the use of our theme song. <clears throat> I, I'm just noting my silence. Mm-hmm. So, just ponder the fact that I'm being silent right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, please leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Um, we will read it live on the show. Or- but only if it's five stars. And not just, a, well, obviously. I mean, this goes without saying. It has to be a review, not a mere rating. Yes, we, we need the... Uh, a nice little comment and the five stars and you know we'll plug something you're working on we'll although i think i feel like that's going to be a rare scenario i feel like most people aren't working on anything worth plugging they just go to a job and they listen to a pod Mm -hmm. so i feel like those people can instead of plugging talk about your favorite food Mm, yeah let us know what is your favorite cheese from wickman's what's your favorite color carpet What's your favorite consistency of lampshade? How do you feel about mashed potatoes? What direction do you like the grain of the wood floor panels to go? How do you cut against the grain when cutting a steak? How marbly do you like the inside of your burger to be? What is your favorite type of MSG? What is your favorite tonality of dog whistle? What is your favorite episode of Rose Tinted Reels? Now that is a good one. I think we found our winner. (laughs) So for everybody who's about to go leave a five-star review, and you should immediately uh, make that review all about your favorite episode and how lovely we are and how much you like us and respect us and admire us and worship us. And uh, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram um, at Rose Tinted Reels and the RTR Community Face Place. Yes, the RTR Community Face Place is our Facebook group, and that's where you can go to find all the fun conversation that the community is having. People like you, you know, ad- it adds color, it adds fun. You can chat about such and so forth. You can make us watch things like Evil Dead 2 and Prince of Darkness. Right, yeah. Occasionally, when we've got some sort of special event coming up, we you know throw a poll up there and we see what kind of movies you guys want to see us talk about. I think that's all for that's, tonight. That's everything. That's everything. There's not but even one more thing. Be safe and have a beautiful Halloween. Yeah, I just want to, just a personal message for me. I want you all to drive safely. Um, I, I don't want to hear about you guys drinking and driving. Uh, that would be a really big disappointment to me if I hear about that from any of you. So just please, you know... Do the responsible thing. I just, you know, be good, right? That's just a good, good rule. Yeah. I appreciate that. Don't eat too much candy on Halloween either. It's going to give you uh, an upset tummy. Yep. And uh, drink water. Get plenty of sleep. Um, I uh, don't smoke. It's uh, it's really cool looking. 
but uh, so it's close. bad for you. You're so close. <laughs> it's the coolest thing you can do. You it, saw it, it, I was too happy with where this message was. It, it's the coolest accessory that you can give to your life, but it's it's not good for you. So don't do that unless you want to look cool. But you'll smell horrible. And you know, there's one thing that destroys coolness very quickly. Stank. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can chew gum or something after you do it. You'll be okay. Uh, there are certain precautions, obviously, you need to take so you don't stink. But you look cool while you're doing it, then you pop some gum in your mouth, you're all good to go. But don't do it, right? Because it's not healthy, unless you're really concerned about being cool. Yep. And on that note... Good. <laughs> Sorry! I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> I thought I was going to get there before you even began. But, I, yep. Bye. Bye.